Hello, good afternoon, hola, and bonjour, especially bonjour. Now, there might be a little clue there as we welcome you in to our study hub for episode two, the programme for the Leaving Cert students class of 23. I'm Evelyn O'Rourke and during February and March, we'll have a weekly Radio 1 podcast where we're going to invite brilliant teachers and experts in here into the study hub and get them to give us an in-depth guide to their Leaving Cert subjects. So in our first programme on episode one, we covered English paper one. Conor Murphy had great advice for us there. We also went through the music exam with Susan McCormack and we had excellent study advice from Gordon Welton too. So go check that out if you haven't already. But moving Moving on to today and to episode two, what do we have for you on this episode? Well, we are going to cover this. Math is a wonderful thing. Math is a really cool thing. So get off your ass, let's do some math. Math, 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 math. I don't know why, it just always makes me laugh. Anyway, yes, math is a wonderful thing. And today it's those two big beasts, maths paper one, higher level and ordinary level. And we'll be speaking French. The French paper and the oral in all of its glory up for discussion today. I mean, who doesn't love speaking French? It's so easy. Je veux trouver un croissant, je suis enchanté. Où est la bibliothèque? Voilà mon passeport. is my favourite. Yes, Flight of the Concords there with their own take on the French paper but we're not just relying on them today. We also have Nick Grease with us from Fast Fast Leaving Cert French Study Centre. He's in studio to go through that paper and inspire you. And honestly, if you're feeling in any way kind of overwhelmed by all you have to do over the coming weeks, Nick is the man. He is the mascot you need and even if you're not doing French, he has great advice that applies to all students. But today, we're going to start with Matt's higher level paper one or new level later on in this episode. We have great teachers for you here to guide you through it. Delighted to say that Louise Boylan from the Institute of Education and Jean Kelly, also of the Institute, are here. They're here to calm our nerves and remind you that the maths exam is not the big deal that people tell you. In fact, it's not scary at all. It's more like this kind of level of scary. One, two, three, four, five, <laughs> six, seven, eight, Nine. <laughs> Louise, Count Dracula, they're giving you a little warm up there. And we can talk about the the, the, you know, the hype that there can be around uh, higher level maths in a minute. But just to start first, I suppose, the big thing we're trying to clarify with Study Hub is, you know, we discussed this last year. There were changes suddenly last year to the paper. Mm-hmm. Now for the class of 2023, what are the changes, if any, that they need to be aware of for paper one compared to last year's cohort? Give us a sense of that overview of the paper, if you wouldn't mind. So in this year, they have um, a little less choice than they did last year, but they do still have choice. So it's gliding back to it's pre-COVID times. Exactly That's a great phrase. Yeah. So okay. before COVID, there was no choice at all. Now they have a little bit of choice this year, but the total marks are going to be the same as they were before COVID. 
So the exam paper is split in two halves. It's a 300 mark paper, 150 marks per section. So the first section has going to have six questions and they have a choice to do five out of the six. So there's one that they can leave out. And then in the second section, there's four questions and they have to answer three out of the four. So you called section A this great phrase drill and skill. You know, you're saying you can know the concepts and show them, but you can't pick and choose exactly what to study, you know. So to talk us through that concept a little bit of drill and skill. Yeah, so in section A, it's the, the actual title is concepts and skills. And these are kind of not in a context. They're not in a story. They are just pure mathematical questions. Solve this equation, find the missing whatever you're looking for, solve this pattern, observe this pattern. There are six questions there. We call them the short questions. They're not particularly short. It's just that they are shorter than the longer questions. So there are six of them there. They're going to be worth 30 marks each and they have to answer five out of the six. But the key for the students is that the questions are not divided by a particular topic. The topics can be muddled up. They can have algebra mixed in with, you know, other things like functions and calculus and integration. So it's not a case that they can just decide I'm going to leave out a certain topic because that topic may be spread across two or three questions. You knew I was about to ask you that. You <laughs> get plagued with that every year. What can I leave out? What can I leave out? Because exactly. students naturally have topics they really like and are drawn towards. Yeah. But the whole purpose of paper one in this way is that it is that it's pulling from all the sections. Is that the main bit of advice that they just need to get that out of their mind? They can't start yeah. start their strategy with what do I leave out? What do I leave out? That's yeah. just not available really. No. And I mean, well. that was never a question before COVID, you know, but that's just come in now since... That's that always been a question. It well, probably has always been a question. Yeah, but, but it really is testing everything now. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's the whole point is that they don't see maths as discrete topics anymore. They're supposed to see maths as an entire language nearly where everything reinforces, all the topics reinforce each other, that you can't do trigonometry without algebra. You know, you can't do calculus without functions. So all the topics are intermingled. There are some topics that are smaller than others. They're harder to intermingle than others. But sure. uh, in general, everything can be muddled up. Am I right that, you know, algebra is going to in underpin everything? You've got to nail your algebra to go into that Absolutely. exam hall confidently. Talk to me about that because people can get into a muddle. Algebra are the, are the basic building blocks of the world of maths. So really. spend the time on it. Spend the time on it, you know, and, and they're doing algebra all the time. They don't even realise. Just once you use the word algebra, they kind of freak out. OK, that's interesting. Any time yeah. you solve an equation, that's algebra. You know, any time you sub a number into a formula that you're actually using algebra skills there, you just don't really think about it. So you didn't even know you were doing it. Didn't even know you were doing That's it. It's a like good thing to know though that you're doing it anyway, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I try to not use the word algebra because <laughs> they just kind of panic. Okay. But it is it is everywhere. It's everywhere and nowhere, you know. Tell me about calculus then again, key. Calculus is a big section, big chunk of paper one, differential calculus and integration. And that is um, applications applied to algebra again. So they need their algebra skills within their calculus. But it's a really practical part of the maths course. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's it's so highly examinable because they can have a, a question that's in a context and then they can add a little bit of calculus onto it and that will work out. Say the question is about the profit that a company is making. Mm -hmm. They can use calculus then to work out what was the maximum profit over that year, what was the minimum profit or how much is the profit increasing over those three months. So okay. 
that kind of thing. So it's a very practical application of their maths course. Now you're going to tell me things like complex numbers can be a standalone question. Proof by induction comes up every few years. But it doesn't matter what I ask you, you're going to keep saying to me, got to cover it all, you know. Yeah. So let's plow on to section B then. More complex stories here when you have to solve a problem and show your skills. You like section B though. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. that's the nerd in me, I suppose. Smiling over <laughs> section B of higher level maths paper one. Love it. Go on. You're the right yeah. woman for this Makes job. popular parties. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so tell us more about section B. <laughs> <laughs> this is the applications, really. It's it's the in-context questions, the real worldy questions. OK. So each question it tends to be a bit of a story, goes over three or four pages in the exam booklet, and it will be focusing on maybe one aspect. So something like, say, the profit that a company is making. OK, talk and us through that, because that's a good example. So they yeah. might be given a, a function where it's the profit in terms of the month. Okay. And then they might be asked to graph it. Then they could be asked to do a little bit of calculus on it to work out if the profit is increasing or decreasing over certain points. They could be asked to then do integration to work out what the average value is. So they're, they're really interesting questions. They can be a bit daunting for the students, as you'd imagine, because they're looking at three or four pages and sure. thinking, oh, crikey, what if I can't get this? But the examiner has, has put like wonderful questions over the years. They've really thought about it. Okay. So, you know, the questions about a Ferris wheel, repetitive motion, things like tides coming in and out and analysing the motion of those or how the daylight changes as the year goes on and when is going to be the longest day, when is going to be the shortest day, if it's taken at a particular point in time you know there's other ones then they can do financial maths about investments and loans and calculating mortgages and pensions and scary questions like yeah that. but it's robust you know it's yeah. really giving that example to show off what you've learned but I suppose what I'm getting from you now is that's fine but now the timing of it is critical because people can go off and get distracted right talk to yeah. us through this two and a half hour paper what's your suggestion around timing it so for timing it for what I would suggest to students is to take an hour to do each of the sections and then that will give them a half hour to spare. So for their section A questions, about 12 minutes up to a maximum of 15 minutes. If they okay. go over 15 minutes, they're going to run out of time. So I would tell my students about 12 minutes per question on section A and then about 20 minutes per question on section B. And then that will give them half an hour left over to go back and look at, over the questions. I'm fascinated by this advice you have about people who get absorbed in the questions, which is good. But you're sort of saying, don't try and finish every last bit of it. What's that about? That yeah. seems counterintuitive for me. Absolutely. Yeah, well, the way the questions tend to be set up is, you know, usually section A is kind of a nice entry and, and that'll get them going. And then section B might be a little bit harder. And then there's often the bits at the end are quite difficult. Okay. Students will get absorbed in trying to, to knuckle out the last part, as you can imagine. Grabbing every They're mark they exactly, think is available, you know. Exactly. They're not watching the clock. Okay. And I just tell them, you know, you have to let it go. Like Elsa, let it go. You have to let it go and just move on. You mean like this? Okay. Exactly that. That's maths I can get behind. Okay, so look, the big thing, you know, from you is that last year was more generous. It's, you know, we're in a different kind of zone here as well. Now, the other thing I want to talk to you about is confidence and leaving those tough questions till the end. Why? Just talk us through a little bit about students building up their confidence and the strategy around that. Absolutely. Yeah, students have a tendency to panic, particularly in maths exams. I think they panic. They think they don't know what the question is asking them. So I would encourage them if they if they're stuck, if they're panicked, just stop, just move on, go to another question. Your brain will keep ticking away, muddling out that problem. And Trust then the back. work you've done. Exactly. Like you've spent so long on this. Exactly. Yeah. You know, 
and they don't they're not great for looking at the clues in the question you know there'll often be clues in the question the examiner even sometimes will put some things in bold print to draw their attention like to give them a hint within yeah. the question and but there, there is this kind of panic every so often so just always try to tell them to calm down if you're stuck move on do the bits you can do come back then and pick up the other bits now the other advice that you have is just really practical things like study buddies you believe in that yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it depends on the student. It depends on, on their peer group. But if you've got a friend who's kind of the same ability as you and mm -hmm. working in the same way and as committed as you are, then there's no better way to get familiar with the exam questions and the way the exam is marked than to actually mark questions. So I would encourage my students to, to try an exam question, get their And I find peers can be kind question. of harder on each other. They can be, you yeah. Know. You have to be careful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, kind of in yeah. a good way, like your friend isn't going to give you the easy win, you know. Yeah, so no, probably, absolutely. Probably good yeah. that way. And you've been doing videos for us. You did videos for us last year. They're still available. That's right. Yeah, on RT Learn. Yeah, yeah. There's there's 10 videos up there for on various topics throughout the course where I, I present a question and then I work through the solutions. OK, so, a final word mm -hmm. on this paper from you. Um, just just do your best. Don't panic. Just go in, be calm. Trust the practice. Trust the practice. Trust the practice that you've done. And, uh, you know, it's very important. Practice is the key with maths. They can't learn the maths. You have to practice the maths. So just make sure that they practice as much as they can and try every single question they get their hands onto. And then when they go into the exam, just slow and steady. Take their time. Don't panic. Don't rush it. Do the bits you can do. Go back then and try the bits that you found tricky the first time looking at them. You've made me feel calmer already. Oh, fantastic. Thank you so much, Louise. <laughs> and all so those notes, as Louise is saying, our videos there on RT.ie Learn Senior Cycle. We've so much up there. Uh, please go check it out. And bienvenue to you all, to Nick. Next up is French. We know French is a busy exam, Nick. Lots of components. We have the oral coming up over Easter. Then it's into the exam hall of paper one in June. It's got written and re uh, writing. And then you generally have paper two straight after, which is the oral comprehension, the listing exam. Now, we're delighted to be joined in the studio by you, Nick. Nick and I have met in real life for the first time. How are you, Nick? You're very welcome here. Now, before we get into the real work here, right, we've been talking about the fact that students can be feeling overwhelmed. You are here today to help inspire us, Nick. And we were talking to you about, you know, inspiring moments from France and what, you know, it's been popular in France in the last year to cheer everybody up. And you point to the World Cup and the French team and you're saying, look, if you need to kind of, you know, dig deep here, go dig this out. Tell us about this moment, this huge moment for French sport fans and just yeah, so basically, uh, back in December, we uh, we went from that uh, feeling uh, this is going to be a humiliation. So uh, to, Jesus, we're going to make it. Because you didn't score for ages. That was the problem. This is it for about 70 minutes. There's a lot of wandering around the pitch, wasn't ex ex there? Exactly. For about 70 minutes, uh, <laughs> we didn't exist. And uh, so something happened. Something clicked. Okay. You know? And I was thinking, oh, this is a super message for the for the students. So how do you switch from uh, I feel like a loser to uh, <laughs> I'm going to make it? Because well, some students may not be too happy with the, uh, the mock result. Uh, you may feel you're uh, behind on, uh, on your revisions. Uh, you think there's no hope. Uh, you have that loss of motivation. You wanted a H1, you got a H3. You want a H2, you got a H4. And you feel low. I'm a loser. Okay, cool. So how do you do it? Huh? How do you go in that winning mindset again? So three things you can do. The first one I like, which is, okay, the personal challenge. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this thing that you do uh, and that is between you and yourself. Okay, so I'm going to do something now that I've never done before. The next step, you need a direction. So goals. 
okay. challenge and are the goals. So what is it that I want to have studied well by the end of May in every single subject? So take a look at each of the subjects, write down everything that you want to have learned, divide that by the amount of weeks left, and now you have your weekly goals. Excellent. Okay? Love so challenge, you. goals, direction. Okay. Now the last thing is you need, I believe, rootless discipline. Okay, so now you will not let anything come between you and those goals. You say no to anything that will distract you. So, the friends calls for a party? No. The, it's your brother's birthday party and your parents want to go out for dinner? No. The girlfriend calls? No. The boyfriend calls? No. <laughs> Netflix? No. TikTok? No. You throw everything like this. You sleep, eat healthy, and you make progress in the study plan that you have set for yourself. You put up a fight become a study beast, a machine, and be proud being one. And you do not let people influence you. Unshakable. Because they'll say, come on, you'll be fine. You deserve a break. Take it easy. Relax. The living cert, not the end of the world. No, no, no. You stick to the war plan. You're a high achiever. And I can tell, I can tell you, coming May, you'll enter the exam room as an assassin. Untouchable. And there won't be any stress, because deep down, you'll know, you could not have done better. Even the grade, in a way, won't matter that much anymore. Because you have won already. You've overcome your own obstacles, avoided distractions, stayed disciplined. You were strong when it was difficult. You have won. You're free. And I think there's something magical in giving it your all. Almost spiritual. It puts you on the side of the angels. When you have given everything you have, when it's tough and you have given everything you have, no compromise, then suddenly God is on your side. There you go. And I'm going to finish that with a quote from uh, Vince Lombardi, which I, lo I like a lot, uh, American football coach. And it goes like this. I firmly believe that any man's finest hour is that moment when he has worked his heart out in a good cause and lies exhausted on the field of battlefield victorious. So that's how we want our students to feel uh, end of June when it's all over or feel like the French coming from behind. Il y a ce penalty de Kylian Mbappé qui redonne l'espoir avec le long ballon derrière euh, de la part euh, de Upamecano. Il est allé chercher sur le côté Marcus Thuram. Il faut être plus présent au premier ballon. C'est Rabiot là qui est pris par euh, Messi. Messi qui temporise. Messi qui a le ballon dans la moitié de terrain des Argentins. Le retour de Coman. Coman, oui, Coman, oui, Coman, 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 Coman qui a fait l'effort. Et Coman dans l'espace avec peut-être le ballon en face. Il faut revenir dans l'axe. Oui, voilà, c'est fait. Rabiot, Rabiot le décalage avec Kylian Mbappé. Kylian Mbappé qui remise. Thuram qui est Mbappé Nick, my goodness, I feel I could carry every Leaving Cert student on my shoulders after that. So we've got a channel on Mbappe's uh, spirit there, the team effort there as we go into the exam hall. Now let's bring it back then. Let's get these beasts ready to go. Big thing again for you, the students, are the changes from last year. There were some little uh, modifications last year. What are we looking at this year in terms of the paper for this year there, Nick? Go for it. Yes, yeah, so compared to last year's paper, 2022, there's no difference with the oral, the listening comprehension and the written expression. So there's a difference.
difference with the reading comprehension. So this year in 2023, you have to do the two uh, reading comprehension text. Okay. And last year, the students could uh, choose to do uh, donc one text out of the two on offer. Mm -hmm. But this year, it's basically done similar to the pre-pandemic uh, paper for the reading comprehension. But uh, for the written expression, if you compare it now again to the pre-pandemic uh, paper, you need to do uh, only two exercises this year instead of the three in uh, 2019. So uh, this year's paper is still a better deal. Uh, you have more time to do the exercises than in 2019 as they give you the same amount of time mm -hmm. okay, to complete the paper uh, than in 2019, so two hours, uh, 30 minutes. But you have less exercises to do. Voilà. Okay. So more time per exercise. Yeah. Okay, so two and a half hours then. And then, so the way it breaks down then, 100 points for written expression, 120 for reading, 100 for the oral and 80 for the oral. Is that right? Correct. Okay. This is it, yeah. Well, look, you know, we can talk about the orals again, but let's try and just get into the heads of the students who are trying to prepare. And talking to you, the big thing I got from you was, if the questions are hard, go for an easy, straightforward, clear answer. If the questions are easy, that's when you show off. So you have to be really strategic in how you handle this paper, Nick. Isn't that right? Yeah, this is a, uh, especially for the oral, huh? this uh, because usually uh, in the oral when the question asks um, uh, a hard question, mm. they tend to want to impress as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, but what you want to do is that um, when it's too challenging, uh, keep it simple, uh, because the exam is uh, 12, 15 minutes and then it's over. You know, so you uh, when the question is easy and you or you're comfortable with the question, impress, use what you've learned. If it's hard. Uh, answer simply and finish it off because you want to for most of the uh, that time in that exam you want to be comfortable with the French that you're using or don't get yourself into trouble. In terms of strategizing, then, your big advice is translating the text at home. You say translating, thinking about it is really powerful. Yeah, yeah, this is it. So, so basically for the reading comprehension, um, I would practice translating the text because um, uh, well, if you answer reading comprehension, comprehension questions, it's good, you know, it's good. But it's uh, merely a, re a reflection of, uh, of your level. Whereas what you want to do is it translate uh, because it forces you to learn vocab. Uh, and you tend to improve uh, doing so. Uh, voilà. um, so this is uh, yeah for the uh, for the, um, the the reading comprehension. And there's something else also is that um, I like to uh, say to my students, okay, try to do something that is similar to what you do on the day of the exam. D'accord. So do what you do on the day of the exam. So um, do like a mock exam at home. Uh, uh, no, uh, no uh, do the activity okay. that you do on the day of the exam. You right. see? Okay. Uh, well, for example, for the reading comprehension, well, you, 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 if you have a question in front of you, you read the question, you translate it. When you go through the text, you translate it. So translating in that instance uh, is exactly what you do mentally on the day of the exam. So practice doing so. You know, and uh, usually I, would, I use the metaphor, you know, uh, um, of a swimming coach, okay, uh, which is okay. You want your, your student to become better at swimming, let's say the 200 meter butterfly. Okay, great. So you can go for a run, it improves the stamina. You can uh, go to the gym, it'll be good for your muscle strength. But um, at some point, it would be nice to go to the pool, you know. <laughs> and that's the same with the. Voilà, so you do. Get into the water. Voilà, you try to do what is a. Uh, an activity at home that is kind of similar to what you, you'll have on the day of the exam. Now, the um, thing that people can be very nervous about is the kind of the written expression. Mm -hmm. And they're always looking for, you know, what are the themes that could come up? You know, homelessness came up last year, won't come up this year. But you have nice ideas around that, about how people can prepare for that. And say you say, look, the essay isn't that long. Stop worrying about the, this massive thing that they have to produce, they think they have to produce in the exam hall. Mm. So, yeah, so uh, what, what I usually would say is... Um, uh, 
decide at the beginning, okay, how many topics you want to have covered. And uh, donc amongst the, the common one, donc you mentioned, hein, donc, uh, health, obesity, sport, environment, homelessness, and uh, try to have a, I would suggest to have a flashcard on which you put about seven, eight, nine ideas that you can learn, that you think there's a good chance you're going to use. Just keep reading those flashcards, so those phrases are in your brain. Yeah, yeah you, yeah, you want to learn ideas that you think there's a good chance you're going to use, Yeah, you know? Okay, and uh, and after that, similarly to the reading comprehension, practice answering questions. You know, because on the day of the exam, you don't recite. But you you'll say the essay is only what 110 words. A H1 can get you that. Uh, you know, people yeah, think yeah. they have to deliver this massive thing. Y- yes, exactly. So, so it, it's actually it's not too long. Exactly. So mm. you have, for example, for question one, uh, they say around 90 words, but uh, on average, a H1 paper might be about uh, 120 words. You know, uh, for. Uh, uh, the little question, uh, they say right around uh, 75 words, and the average is about 100 words. But it's not much, you know. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not much. So you can, you can. Um, I would say, uh, um, uh, um, okay, recreate exam conditions at home. Yes. Answering, okay, within the time given, okay, uh, that type of uh, amount of words. Voilà. The other thing that you're interested on is the actual writing out of the answers because the students tend to go in and just start writing everything they know in French. You want them to do a draft. Talk me through the advice around that. Why would you recommend that? Yeah, alors, bon, alors the, the draft, alors, oui, alors, I would ask the, an extra page from the uh, exam clerk because... So plan to do a draft, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I, I ask, ask for a draft because I feel that um, when you think... Uh, uh, it's good to think on paper, okay? Uh, don't put your ideas down... Uh, um, think what are the points that are relevant to the question uh, and make the needed modifications on the draft. Okay? So because all you're crossing out, all you're messing, don't hand that up as your answer. Do ab- that messing earlier. Absolutely, first. absolutely. Because on too many papers, you have huge amounts of TPEX crossing out, like you said, uh, stars. It's sometimes it's complex like a maze. You, you, <laughs> An arrow down to this bit. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. So, um, so, 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 so you, you, what you, what you write on the exam sheet has to be the result of the best of all your intellectual work that you have done within the time given to you. And at the end, it, it looks also better. Well, I mean, I suppose what you're saying is, look, if you've done the draft with all the messy bit, the writing out, don't worry about time. That only takes a minute or two once you know you're writing, you know. Absolutely. And a H1 or H2 should look like a H1 or H2. <laughs> it, it, it ends too, exactly. You like know? very often, um, uh, a H1 essay is, a, is, is clear. Voilà. Okay. Uh, there's a, there has been some work done and uh, the end result is on the exam sheet. Voilà. Finally, then, uh, the last thing we want to talk about is communication, that basically you're trying to have a conversation with the examiner. This is what I know. I understand what you're looking for from me in French. And you're trying to express that clearly. Does that make sense? Uh, yes. So, so um, uh, clarity mm. um, in, a, in an essay matters because they tend to grade you through um, communication, if that makes sense. Mm. You know? So uh, it's very important to uh, uh, have a points that um, answer the question rather than reciting content. Ask yourself, am I answering the question? Voilà. You know? Excellent. No, you answered all our questions today. Thank you so much, Nick Guise. We're going to end our conversation with you on a musical note. You have a great suggestion for this. You're saying, look, if people are taking a break, then use the time to listen to something like this, just like a real French teenager. It'll keep the French part of your brain going while you are having that well-needed break.
fabulous. Pour on flirt, I think is the way we pronounce that. And we're going to move on with that. Ringing in our ears to Matt's Paper 1, the ordinary level. No pressure, Jean, but I don't know if Not you've got all. a <laughs> musical soundtrack that works as well as that. But we're delighted to be joined by you, Jean. You've been with us since the very start. Uh, can I start by saying Matt's Ordinary Paper 1? I'm on the countdown to your first mention, the logbook, and you've already surprised me with my own logbook. So that's, that's indeed, very sweet. <laughs> that's my first present of the year, a souvenir of my own personal logbook. Uh, we were going on about them so much, I thought. You might as well have your Well, own. you're obsessed with them. So uh, we're going to play Gene Bingo. Every time we mention the logbook, we'll get a little point for it. That's a great way of studying maths, actually. Play what? a bit of bingo, a bit of darts. bit of bingo, a <laughs> bit of darts. Come here, let's start the same question for you, Gene. You know, the differences from last year to this year. What are we watching out for? What's back in? Uh, less choice. Yeah. But you still have choice because before COVID, there was no choice whatsoever. There was 10 questions on the paper. You had to do them all. So it's still a kinder paper. Yeah. OK. Um, the questions are kind of a little bit shorter in terms of uh, the amount of words they're using to present them. They are snappy. They're precise. They're clearer. I think uh, whoever's writing the paper these days, they're really making a good job of it. You like it? Uh, yeah. And uh, you've got two sections to the paper. Section A has six questions. You have to do five last year and the year before you had to do four. Yeah. Um, and then there's section B and you have to do, there's four of them, you have to do three. Last year, you only had to do two. OK, so, so you have less choice, but there's still a bit of choice. So what are my timings then this year? What are you recommending I have in my head as a clock? I think at ordinary level, students just kind of want to do the bare minimum in terms of getting the questions that they know on paper. OK. So I would spend half the time doing the questions. So if the question's out of 30 marks, spend 15 minutes doing the question. If the question's out of 50 marks, spend 25 minutes doing the question. And move on. In terms of do, yeah. Well, yeah. you wouldn't have much time after that. I mean, sure. you'd only get the bare bones of the questions done. If you wanted, if you were a really good gifted student and you wanted to do them all, I would say 10 minutes per question in section A and then 20 minutes per question in section B. It'll give you about 10 or 15 minutes left over at the end. Now, the golden question to you. What can I leave out? (laughs) Um, In terms of the course, I mean, we know with higher level, they're just constantly just taking stuff from all over the course. I know you're going to say the same thing for paper. It's exactly the same. For ordinary level as well. Well, in terms of paper one, I wouldn't be leaving anything out at all. Literally nothing. Because it can turn up in sections, in parts of sections. Yes. And not only that, like financial maths can come up on paper two. Okay. Um, you know, I've never seen calculus or I've never seen complex numbers coming up on paper two, but I've definitely seen functions and graphs and financial maths and algebra. They all come up on paper two and then vice versa. You could get a bit of statistics on paper one. You could get a bit of varying volume. Like, for example, I think this year the trapezoidal rule could come up on paper one mixed in with functions and graphs. So you need to know everything from the get go. You really do. You and I may laugh at the log tables, but there is a reason we talk about them. Yeah. I mean, you say there is such a help that people underestimate it. Big time. Because we didn't really have any log tables. We had to learn off all the formulas ourselves. Like, But now that you have them, they even have the name, like say Algebra, page 20. Mm-hmm. You know exactly where to go, what to look for. Uh, in terms of paper one, there isn't that many formula that you need to kind of use or need to learn. Uh, you definitely need to learn the modulus formula for complex numbers. Root Did of you a say squared before that squared. write the formula down, that you get points for that? Absolutely. Even though it's written in front in of In terms like. of getting marks for it, let's say you get the question wrong, but you've written down a formula and you've subbed into the right formula in the right way. Mm-hmm. You gain marks that way. It's all about like making sure that you try a question. Because you always get attempt marks and you'd nearly pass the paper on the attempt marks they're given these Are you days. serious? Yeah. yeah. That's great advice. Yeah. Like it's in terms of That's like... very reassuring going in. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. If you have a 10 mark question, 
like there's a low parts of credit usually of four. So that's 40 percent like you're passing on the attempt. But you have to now you can't just write down any anything willy nilly. There has to be something that's like you wouldn't put down a formula for, let's say, the equation of a line. If you were looking for the equation of a circle, like you, you need to have some kind of relevant information there. But um, and also if you do have the formula written down and you let's say you have the wrong answer from the first part of the question. So you've written down the formula correctly, right? Yes. And then you steam on at the question, but you make an error. Yes. You can still use that answer to go into the next part of the question and still get the majority of the marks. You could get eight out of ten. So it's true. You do get, you don't get penalised necessarily. Yes. You can still gather marks everything for the work write, you do. Yes. Everything you write down gains you marks. They're trying to give you marks. They're not trying to deduct marks off you. It's not negatively marked at all. In fact, it's more promotion. They're trying to give you as many marks as they possibly can. Um, now, talk to me about the topics and the people struggle with. I mean, we were talking about algebra earlier with Louise. Mm-hmm. Uh, ordinary level paper, students can often get overwhelmed by algebra. Again, they get overwhelmed a lot yeah. by algebra and especially with COVID and all the online teaching that happened. Um, their basics is a little bit lacking at the moment. So I think really study algebra now. Get get into especially learning the quadratic formula because it comes up quite a bit in different topics. Um, I would definitely go over like calculus. They find calculus really difficult. What I'm saying to my students is if you actually spend 30 minutes every day, seven days a week, just constantly practice and just treat it like a sport. As in dig out exam papers and go for that calculus question. Hit into the exam papers at this time of the year, especially like you're you're kind of fooling yourself if you're just going to be doing willy nilly questions out of books now at this stage. Just get stuck into the exam papers big time. So even though there are tweaks to it, the spirit of the exam paper is the same from pre-COVID, right? Yeah. So you can't just say, oh, it's all changed now. No. And all the all the questions are mixed. Like you could get a question like, for example, there was a question in 2012 that had functions in it. It had calculus in it. It had financial maths in it. It had algebra in it. And then there was a graph. So there was a lot of topics mixed in one question for 50 marks. And I think that's what gets people at ordinary level as well. They just don't know what topic they're actually on. Yes. To be able to, when they're reading the question, especially the longer questions on section B, the context questions, the story questions, sure. the real life questions, they just like they don't realize that, oh, actually, this is coordinate geometry. OK, you know, and they're it, not good it, at identifying what exactly. it is and then pulling out that little file exactly. of information. Yeah. yeah. But no, I, if you do 30 minutes a day, uh, seven days a week for the next 14 weeks, do a topic a week, you'll get through it. OK. Are your money back? Is this your money back? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Jean, thank you so much for that. Now, while I have the three of you still here, I just want to throw something at you. And I know Nick was talking about, you know, getting into the headspace for this. Just that overall piece of advice for Leaving Cert students, because you three know them so well. You see them trailing in and out and after mocks and all that kind of thing. Louise, what's your advice for this crew? Because they haven't done a state exam. They've dealt with COVID. You know, it's a different group, isn't it? They sometimes panic. They think, how am I going to get all my maths done? How am I going to get all my French done or whatever? Have a plan. Sit down, as Jean said there. Come half an hour a day. Come up with a plan, but even be more detailed in that. You know, decide this week I'm going to work on my trigonometry and I'm going to do this on day one, this on day two. And just break it all down into manageable chunks. Little little and often. Little and often. Yeah. Excellent. Gene, for you again, you you know these yeah, guys so well. Bite-sized yeah. bits. They really need, like, do you think sometimes they do people get are too ambitious? They're trying to get everything done yeah. in one week. Yeah. Just do it bit by bit because it all accumulates over time. They're better off just to literally do, even if it's only two short questions out of the exam papers every single day. They might be looking at it going, oh my God, two short questions could be taking me half an hour. Mm. But by the end of the week, you've got 14 questions done. Gordon was talking about this last week about the boxes, you know, this thing of like doing your, your bits as you go along and closing the box on your subject that 
as humans, we like that, you know, mm-hmm. that all the time you're trying to build up. Compartmentalise it. Yeah. Nick, we're going to end with you because you're the most inspiring person here in the room. <laughs> yeah, but, but, <laughs> no, no. I, I, the, you know, the I, students I usually, are at home going, well, the mocks haven't maybe gone well. What are we saying? To no, no, I, I usually say to the students, um, uh, have fun when you study. And um, I like the idea that uh, even, even, even if it's not necessarily true, but imagine the leading third question will relate to exactly to what you study now. Okay, it, it'll change the intensity. You know, and, uh, and and you have fun. You're excited. You know, it, 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 you trick your mind. The exam question will relate to exactly what you're studying now. You'll have fun doing it. You know, that's. Uh, I knew it was something wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> the reason we love their philosophers, Jean. Thank you so much, Kelly, Louise, Boylan, Boylan and Nick. We thank you so much for joining us today. That's our lot for episode two. Please spread the word about Study Hub. Uh, tell everyone to download away. Next week we'll have episode three where we'll cover Gaelge Pop Rahane on our August Gunnar Level. Tune in for that. But until then, Sloan, goodbye. Au revoir. <laughs>